just make sure that you're constantly making new connections, even if they're not ready to buy from you right now. By just being exposed to your content, then you become part of their consideration set when they would need your type of services. You're listening to the Savvy Social Podcast, a show that dives deep into the concepts behind building a profitable community online through simple and fun social media marketing strategies. I'm your host, Andrea Jones, and this show is brought to you by Social Report, the world's most complete social media management tool and my tool of choice when it comes to all things scheduling, reporting, and managing social media. You can try them out for yourself for free by going to socialreport.com or clicking the link in our show notes. Now, the clip you just heard was from today's guest, Maddie Osman. Maddie and I go way back, which we get into in this episode. Uh, But for those of you who don't know Maddie, she is an SEO content strategist who's worked with clients like AAA, Automatic, and Sprout Social. Her background in WordPress web design contributes to a well-rounded understanding of SEO and how to connect brands to relevant search prospects. Now, we talk about how to be multi-passionate. She's got several businesses. We talk about how she balances it all. We also talk about the key to getting testimonials on LinkedIn. You want to stay till the end for that little tip because it's super juicy and something I've been using recently for myself. We also dip our toes into how to leverage Pinterest for e-commerce. Maddie gives out a fun little photography tip and so much more. So before we dive into that interview, our shout out today goes to The Pond Digger on iTunes who left an amazing review. The Pond Digger says, I enjoy the valuable content and think her voice is soothing to listen to. Looking forward to getting no looking forward to getting to know more about what she has to offer. Subbed. Thanks, the pond digger. I have to say that's probably the first time that someone's told me my voice is soothing, so definitely gonna ride that comment out for a little while. Uh, Sent this uh, review to my husband as well, so anytime he says I'm annoying, I'm gonna be like, yeah, but people think my voice is soothing. (laughs) Also, before we dive into this episode today, we talk a lot about LinkedIn, and so I wanna invite you to um, jump in on the LinkedIn challenge. I did this challenge live back in January of this year, 2019, but you can absolutely access all the content for free by signing up. So you go to onlinedrea.com slash LinkedIn to jump in on this challenge. And during the challenge, you'll learn how to optimize your profile for conversions, how to craft content that converts, how to really establish yourself as an authority on LinkedIn, how to build up some of your connections and so much more. So this challenge is free and you can find it by going to onlinedrea.com slash LinkedIn. Now let's dive into the interview. Hey, Maddie, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you today because I feel like we've uh, been connected. We're like OG <laughs> for back from, from the day. So I know you got your start, or I think you got your start online doing Urban Cheap Ass as um, like a blog and an Instagram account. Right. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that and how you transitioned that into like a full-on business? Sure, yeah, so... Basically, I started that blog um, to try to prove to myself whether or not I can make it happen. I guess it's the easiest way to say it. 
Um, and when I started that blog, I was stuck in a sales job that I had only taken as sort of like a foot in the door for a marketing position that never actually happened. Um, and I was just, I had a lot of nervous, excited energy that I wanted to spend on, you know, testing out what career path I would take from there. And um, so that's, that's really the reason why I started that blog in the first place. It was kind of an outlet. It was for fun, but it was also just to, to try out different online marketing tactics and to see how effective I could be with that. And so, um, as you well know, eventually I started working with you and your husband to do various content-related activities. And, um, you know, that was, that was kind of the bridging the gap between having a corporate job and then being able to sort of create my own work style freelance business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and my husband totally takes credit for that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good connector. Yeah. Yeah. He is. He is for sure. So when you started your business um, and kind of you started getting more clients and that sort of thing, what are some of the things that worked for you for building out that business? A lot of it, honestly, was word of mouth, both then and even today. Um, And a lot of that, I think, has to do with having a social media strategy where I'm consistently posting to remind people that, you know, these are the services I offer. um, These are what people are saying about those services. And, you know, here are published samples of my work. So by just sort of showing up and reminding people that I'm there. Um, It helps me stay top of mind so that when people finally do need the type of services that I offer, um, it's just kind of, it becomes a natural connection at that point. Um, And so again, it's a strategy that still very much serves me today, even, you know, the same as it did back then, but with better results now that I've worked for other companies and have gotten more testimonials and, you know, have more samples to show off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally makes sense. I mean, even with the power of the internet and everything we have at our fingertips, word of mouth still is the most effective way to market yourself. And essentially, you're taking that word of mouth, like what other people are saying about you and just putting it on the internet to make it easier for everybody to see. I really like that. I know in, uh, in like specifically you have a LinkedIn strategy um, that has worked to kind of connect you with the right people. Can you talk a little bit about what that looks like? Sure. So more or less what I just said in terms of being consistent, you know, using that consistency to stay top of mind. The thing that's important to keep in mind about LinkedIn or just to know about LinkedIn in general, is that you're going to get much higher organic reach on this platform than, say, for example, on Facebook or Instagram, um, potentially Twitter, just depending on how effective you are there. So LinkedIn is still one of those networks where it does pay off to be posting organic content. Um, They do have an ads platform, too, and um, I've heard it's one of the best like converters in terms of an ad platform, like it tends to have the best conversion metrics associated with it. The problem with using ads on LinkedIn is you have to have a high initial spend to make it worth your time. 
So, um, so I'm, I'm still definitely focusing mostly on organic LinkedIn strategy, at least from a personal standpoint. Um, I would definitely encourage businesses that have the budget to put some of their ad money towards LinkedIn. But one of the foundations of my LinkedIn strategy and, and one that, you know, again, feeds into that word of mouth factor for getting new business is whenever I work with somebody new or, um, you know, I'm reflecting on a past work relationship, for example, I try to be very systematic about going in and asking those people who have experienced what it's like to work with me for recommendations. And, you know, not just being happy with the standard boilerplate template that LinkedIn gives you, which is like, hey, name, uh, you know, would you mind giving me a recommendation or something like that? I take it a step further and I, you know, I make sure to tell them, you know, how much I appreciate them and, you know, how I know that I'm taking time out of their day to make the ask, but that, um, you know, it would really mean a lot for me to get that recommendation from someone in their position, someone with their clout. And then, you know, after I stoke their ego a little bit, I go in and give them a couple bullet points, sort of suggestions about what they could talk about. And, and I frame it as suggestions too. I'm not saying like, this is what you need to talk about. It's, these are a couple things that I noticed about our time working together that perhaps you could use in writing this recommendation so that you don't have to think too hard about what to say and, you know, so that this doesn't become a burden. So, gosh, yeah, that's golden. Like, I want to just pause there for a second because not only are you complimenting them, which is something that I teach strongly, like anytime you're interrupting someone and asking them for something, it's a good idea to, to be nice. Right. Um, but you're also giving them suggestions in a way that is very classy, I think, just to say like, hey, here are some things I noticed in our time working together. Like, I love everything about that. I'm totally going to start doing that. It's brilliant. <laughs> Good. Yeah. And I mean, the other sort of fringe benefit of teeing them up with those suggestions is that you can sort of steer the conversation or I guess that recommendation the way that you want it to go. So, you know, say, for example, you're pitching for some jobs and there are certain characteristics that you're noticing in these job descriptions, uh, you know, like something like the sort of cliche, like, you know, team player or whatever. So, you know, if you're noticing that in a bunch of different positions that you're applying for, then you might, you know, approach your testimonial strategy by saying, you know, like, works really well in a team is one of your bullet points. Um, so, you know, it's, it's helpful, but it's also sort of you steering that testimonial towards the way that you want it to end up, which, you know, only goes back to benefit you. And obviously, you know, if that person's going to spend their time writing a testimonial, they want it to be something that is helpful to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Definitely, definitely a good strategy. Um, so I have a question about content on LinkedIn because um, I know what I do, but I'm always curious about what other marketers do as for, like when it comes to creating that content on LinkedIn, what are, what are you posting every day? So for me, I tend to cycle through um, a couple different overarching theme content buckets. So, you know, one of those might be just reiterating a testimonial that somebody has left on my LinkedIn profile. And the reason why 
I focus so much of my testimonial strategy on LinkedIn specifically is because it's like a public record. You know, there's a person associated with it, like their picture, their name, their title, their company. Um, so it, to me, it seems a little bit more legitimate than just collecting testimonials and putting them on your website to be able to back it up and say like, here's a link to like a ton more testimonials. And, you know, you can see that I didn't just like make these up. Um, there's some strength to that. But in terms of other content buckets, for me specifically, it usually involves sharing an article that I wrote for a client recently. Again, it's just to demonstrate, you know, I can write, people are willing to publish what I'm writing. Um, might be an article that I wrote for my own website because I do try to um, create topics on my website that are interesting and relevant both to people like me, other freelancers, as well as the type of people who would hire me who, you know, probably run a content department or they're a small business owner. Um, I try to curate content so it's not just my voice all the time. I think that's important. Um, you know, people don't want to hear from only you all the time. That's why they follow so many different people. And um, I think by curating content from other people, you're demonstrating um, like a more depth in terms of your social channels as like an industry resource. And uh, what else do I do? Those are kind of the big ones. Um, there's little things here and there. I've started to do live video stuff on Facebook. So I'll repurpose that. And, and now that LinkedIn has this new live video feature, I'm really excited to try that out because I think that honestly, LinkedIn is going to be a better fit for live video for my purposes than Facebook. Um, the other thing that's probably worth mentioning about LinkedIn is their long form publishing platform previously known as Pulse. I don't know that they like have a specific name for it now, but um, it, you know, people will publish like blog article length pieces on LinkedIn Pulse. And, um, you know, it's, it's another way to get more eyes on your content. And I did a study a while back for Search Engine Journal where I dived into whether or not that would be a duplicate content penalty to then republish, you know, articles that you wrote for your website and then put them on LinkedIn. And, and I found that it wasn't a duplicate content penalty. You know, again, I'm just one person and Google changes stuff all the time. But I think for now, it's, it's a fair recommendation to make that if you're already creating content for your blog, you, you might as well put it on LinkedIn too and make that part of your content strategy. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's one of the questions I was going to ask you next was about uh, the LinkedIn. I call them LinkedIn articles. I don't know if that's the correct term either. But uh, yeah, the, who, knows? I, who knows? Yeah, uh, I do see that as a really good strategy for people, um, especially if got a lot of podcasters in the audience mm -hmm. who, you know, you can post your podcast show notes and link out to your podcast from that totally. place, especially if a podcast talks to other business owners or podcasters. I think that's such a great opportunity. Right. Um, so what do you think about LinkedIn direct messages? I know right now it can feel a little bit like a spam fest, but um, I know, I also know it's very powerful. It's a very powerful way to connect with people. So are you doing anything specifically with like direct messaging? Not me specifically. And I agree with you that I've seen a lot of statistics that seem to support a focus on that, on doing, you know, like paid in mails or 
even just, you know, sending a message to someone as you're connecting with them. I think that's important when, you know, when you're trying to make a new connection to kind of explain what the purpose of that is, or, you know, if you met them at a certain event, you should never send a blank contact request to someone on LinkedIn, unless it's obvious how you're connected, um, or it's like really top of mind, for example. But even if I just met someone at a networking event, I'll usually say, hey, great meeting you at, you know, whatever networking event. Um, One of the caveats to keep in mind with LinkedIn direct messages in general is that you should never try to sell someone on either your initial contact request or even like the follow-up, like after they've connected with you. Um, People on LinkedIn find this to be super tacky and I can definitely see why. You kind of, you have to vet the person. You you almost have to do like a pre-sales process with them to see if whatever it is that you sell, that you're offering is even something that would be relevant to them. Don't just assume because of their, you know, position or, you know, what they're posting about or whatever. That's why I like my sort of top of mind content strategy. It's non-pushy, so great for people who either, you know, don't have sales experience or, you know, who might be a little introverted and it's harder for them to cold call, cold pitch and things like that. But, you know, by making a connection, by adding people to your LinkedIn network as you meet them, even if they're not ready to buy from you right now, by just being exposed to your content, then you become you know, part of their consideration set when they would need your type of services. So I guess another part of my LinkedIn strategy is just make sure that you're constantly making new connections. Whenever you meet someone in person from a business standpoint, you know, create a process to automatically add them to LinkedIn. Yeah, that's so powerful. And I like that you use that top of mind um, strategy because you're right. When people have to make a decision to make, if they've seen all of this amazing content coming from you, you better believe they're going to be on the list. Like you're going to be part of that consideration. So I really like that you said that. Um, So I want to kind of shift gears a little bit because I know that LinkedIn isn't the only part of your strategy. And in fact, I know that you have kind of other businesses in the works. So I want to talk specifically about your clothing brand and what platform you're using to really leverage um, so the traffic and the results you're getting with that brand. Sure. Yeah. So um, my fiance and I are working on a joint venture currently called Tanks That Get Around. We're actually in the process of rebranding, but it's basically like funny sort of like travel related humor um, location specific for the most part. But at any rate, we are sort of demoing this Pinterest strategy And it's really, to be honest with you, the first time I've dug into Pinterest, I've had it forever just from a personal perspective and sort of dabbled with that profile from a business perspective, but um, have developed a strategy that's very similar to an SEO content strategy in terms of focusing on keywords and implementing the keywords and all these different, like, areas where Pinterest is looking for them. So, you know, like the pin description, board titles, board descriptions, um, you know, account descriptions, things like that. And, um, you know, with this focus on sort of Pinterest SEO, we have grown that Pinterest account for this Tanks That Get Around brand 
to 1.2 million monthly viewers, which is insane. Um, I can only take credit for the strategy that started it, but it's my fiance who actually does it day to day. And we use Tailwind to help manage it so that we don't have to pin like every day at different points of the day and to get insights about what's working and what's not. Um, so that's definitely a great tool for anybody else who's looking to use Pinterest and scale its use so that it doesn't take over your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love Tailwind. It literally, I don't know how I can manage my Pinterest clients without it. <laughs> <laughs> it's an invaluable tool. So good. I'll put a link to Tailwind in the show notes. But I, um, I think you, what you said about Pinterest being a search engine and taking all of this knowledge that you have of SEO and applying it to that platform is actually a really good marriage of two different ideas of a social platform and a search platform. Um, so I find that fascinating. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the, the types of content that you um, pin on Pinterest um, when it comes to the t-shirts? Are you pinning... Um, you know, have you seen if models wearing the shirts work better than like a flat lay of the shirt? Like what's working right now for you? Sure. So as far as like product specific pins, um, what we do is like whenever we go on a hike, we bring some of our designs, like a, a girl and a guy design, maybe multiples if we are feeling really ambitious. And since Colorado is such a beautiful natural landscape, we'll just take pictures when we're on hikes and use those as like our product pin and, and like product images in general. And um, we actually had one that's like a top performer right now. It's this Lake Titty Kaka design. <laughs> and I just have some like scowl on my face or something. But for some reason, it's performing really well. <laughs> um, I like that. I like that it's just kind of like you're you're taking these pictures a bit organically as you're going about your hikes and that sort of thing. And it's translating into interest on Pinterest. Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting. Like sometimes my fiance will be like, Oh, like such and such pin, um, like out of nowhere is doing really well. And it'll be the most random thing. Like, you know, some of the content that we're curating, for example, that's related to travel in some way. We have different boards about different topics, but it'll be the most random thing that does the best. So you honestly just don't know until you start doing it and then you look through the metrics. Yeah, for sure. I love that. Great advice. Thank you. Um, So as we wrap up today, uh, can you tell us a little bit about how people can work with you? Sure. So, you know, kind of what I've been hinting at, I love content writing, especially as it relates to SEO. Um, So my website where you can see more examples of my published works, where you can learn about my processes, and I even publish my pricing. It's on the-blogsmith.com. And if you want to see our goofy tank top designs, it's tanksthatgetaround.com. Might be something else in the future, but it'll always at least redirect to the right place. Fantastic. And I'll put those links in the show notes as well. Check it out. Um, How do we connect with you online? Like, what's what's your favorite platform? I guess it'd be... Um, LinkedIn probably. So what's your, what's your LinkedIn name? (laughs) (laughs) Well, LinkedIn, LinkedIn is definitely up there and I'm under Madeline Osmond, my full name on LinkedIn. And I encourage anybody who wants to connect to send me a connection request, maybe, you know, customize the note, mention that you were listening to this podcast. Um, But other than that, uh, Twitter is probably where I'm the most responsive just for random conversations. So it's at Maddie Osmond on Twitter. 
Awesome. Yeah. And I'll have those links too. And I love the little note about customizing the message. (laughs) How to practice what you preach, right? (laughs) Practice, practice. Let her know that you came from the Savvy Social Podcast. (laughs) Thanks so much, Maddie, for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Savvy Social Podcast. For links and everything we talked about, please check out the show notes by visiting SavvySocialPodcast.com. And don't be afraid to continue the conversation. I'd love to have you inside of the Facebook group. You can search for us on Facebook or simply go to SavvySocialCrew.com. See you there. Bye for now.